Podcasting. The PSJs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Two Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO, one hundred six point three FM. This brings back so many memories. I used to use this as a cue to call for prizes on oh, the really? jock. Oh wow! When I was doing mornings with Bob Dyer, we yeah. play this, and this would be the cue to call to win something. The bells of the NFL, uh, high school football, ready or not, it's here tomorrow night. Uh, you'll have a game that will air after the Joe Stacy and company get off the air, correct? Yeah, 10.30 each and every Friday night. We'll bring you the game of the week, kick things off. Ankeny versus Ankeny, Centennial against the Hawks. That will be game one. Dowling Valley in week two, and away we go in this condensed regular season. But overall... The same amount of weeks, 13 weeks all the way through the Unidome. You know, I read something. Joe Stacy you know, joins us here momentarily. Joe, good to speak with you. I just want to get this in. You, you know that, uh, oh, what do they call it, the shop or whatever it is that they throw at the end of your driveway, whether you, oh, want, yeah, it yeah, or, yeah. Whether you want it or not? There was a story on the, on the game you were talking about, Trent. Um, the toughest ticket in town. Oh, I, I bet, bet it is, yes. right? Yeah. I bet it is. Joe Stacy, welcome to the program. Joe Stacy, how are you? You know what? I'm doing terrific, and thanks for having me on. I, you know, I, am I the $1,000 winner? <laughs> yes, indeed you are. You know where to go Holy to collect. crap, I thought I was that guy. I just, I, did, I didn't know. I, I don't win a lot of money these days. No, nor to this Trent, by yeah, the way. Yeah. He's, he's told me some of his plays. <laughs> uh, so you guys take the airway. Let's kind of go through, before we you know pick your brain a little bit, and I want to yeah. pick Trent's brain as well, as you guys are way more into this than me and certainly have uh, more of a formed opinion on what we think was going to transpire here throughout the season. But take us through a Friday night with uh, with uh, what you and the crew are. I just found out Sean Roberts isn't part of it anymore. It's yourself. It's Josh Loffelholz, who's terrific and has been doing it for a long time. Take us through a Friday night, when you take the air, and what we can expect, Joe Stacy. Oh, okay, first of all, I want I want I want to mention that we do go Trent. We do go to eleven oh. uh, each Friday night. So Trent's game uh, with Ankeny and Ankeny Centennial will start airing at eleven o'clock uh, this week. And, and it is news to me that Sean Roberts is no longer our, our producer. I, I thought that he was in, but uh, again, <laughs> week one, uh, we're, we're we're trying to figure all that. Uh, stuff out, so we'll iron that out, and, and of course we'll figure out who the producer is. But uh, uh, yeah, you know what? Just a, 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 I, I'm a niche play-by-play guy, a radio host. Gary Ryma got me in this business in 1991. I've been doing high school uh, barnstormers, Upper Iowa football mm-hmm. uh, for over 22 years since Christ was a corporal. Um, so it, it's just a pleasure to be on with you guys because. I am your P1. I listen to KXNO and all the local programming every single day. I don't get up early enough to listen to many, uh, most of the morning rush, but, of course, Miller and Condon, Murph, Andy, and AD, and the Fanatics, uh, big fans of it. Uh, uh, tomorrow night, uh, t- uh, Friday night, 6.30, uh, we'll be on the air with football Friday night. Uh, we start at 6.30 after the high school insider I, I stay in my lane with it. I get a few sponsors on board. I direct traffic as far as the head microphone uh, and uh, have some fun with it. We take care of our sponsors, which is what we're supposed to do. Josh Loffelholz, he's the best in the business. He's the most organized. 
He is uh, also behind the mic as a co-host. Uh, he's the communicator. Uh, he and I both coach up the correspondence. And then uh, Sean Roberts, who I thought was going to be Yikes. the uh, uh, producer, uh, is youthful and uh, energetic. And uh, whoever you guys put behind that glass, it, it, it has to be talented. Otherwise, we don't have a great show and you guys know what I mean by that. No, absolutely do. And uh, look at uh, it was Steve Young before it was before Sean. And yep. Steve Young did a terrific job when I was in the chair that you're in tomorrow night. So, how many um, correspondents will you have on a on a typical night? You want to have how many games covered in Central Iowa? Yeah, again, and then Joel McCray and Scott Knock, they, they, they give us a, a budget, and we don't do it for the money. Uh, you know, I, I, I could go to my local watering hole and, and uh, uh, expend my tab within uh, 30 minutes, but um, uh, typically we like to have eight to 12, mm-hmm. and it depends on on the games that Josh Laffelholz puts together each week, but uh, this week, Emory Saunders going to be out at Southeast Polk, Waukee, that's a big ball game. Joey Judasussi. Uh, my uh, paisano friend, Ank Centennial, uh, Ankeny Centennial versus Ankeny Hawks, the game that uh, you'll hear uh, after our show with Trent Condon on the call. Joel Miles will be at Roosevelt Valley. Kevin Burton, my good friend and, and uh, girls basketball assistant uh, at Des Moines Christian, uh, will be at Pella at DCG. Andrew Barber, a longtime correspondent, Johnson at Urbandale. Michael Fulton's off. Connor Ferguson's off. Nick McCarger. Dowling at Indianola. McCarter's still doing it? That's great. Good. He's the craziest Drake (laughs) basketball fan you'll ever meet. Have you ever watched him? Have you ever sat behind him at a Drake basketball (laughs) game? You'll know why. He's a lot of fun to watch, and he's a lot of fun to listen to. Dowling at Indianola. Tyler Allen, of course, under the roof there. Uh, At Lincoln, uh, Henry Hannum is off. John Hembrecht, uh, who's been, I don't know if you remember that name. I do. Kenny, yep, he was a salesperson, and uh, uh, he's got plenty of on-air experience. Uh, he's a wily veteran like you and I, Norwalk at Carlisle. And then A.J. Hawksby, uh, a uh, talent that uh, Josh uh, found north at Hoover. Paul Rubidoux is also on the squad this year. So we have a, a wealth of talent, and it, it's a fast-paced uh, show. We, we, we don't want to pontificate about team by team. Uh, we want a fast pace, game previews, drive-by-drive, scoring summaries, first quarter, second quarter, halftime, third quarter, fourth quarter, post-game recaps, and then a full scoreboard show. So the whole idea is for it to be informative, a whip around the listener to keep the listener engaged. And and, uh, when they ripped away the play-by-play, and Trent, you can relate to this, I was heartbroken because Holy smokes, that's what I love to do. Well, there's no I in team, and uh, we're able to reach numerous communities, um, make it more interesting for the listener. It's a great production, and uh, we're able to throw a few more dollars on it. But again, it's kind of a break-even proposition. It's a really fun show. You guys hit so many of the schools here across central Iowa and not just the big schools, right, but it's good, but moving on down in the different levels, we see a lot of great football, but Joe, I do want to concentrate where we do the most. And that's at the highest level. I uh, yeah. counted up the other day, 31 kids have D one offers from our state. Mm. That's not counting the kids that have transferred in from Jake Rubley at Valley, the number of players at Southeast Polk, Ankeny bringing in Arlen Bruce and on and on and on. This was already going to be a high school football season with maybe as much talent in a senior class as we've ever seen before. Now you add the transfers. You're out there. You're paving. You're pounding the pavement and talking to people out there. 
I'm doing the same thing. This is anticipated as a high school football season as I can remember. You got that right, and I, I couldn't sell it any any better than that. They're big-time recruits playing out their senior years and juniors moving up the charts and transfers from Colorado, Illinois, Missouri, uh, et cetera. And, again, Jeff, that, that's why I've got Josh Lavaholz in the studio because he can do the deep dive into <laughs> all of the different uh, transfers that are coming in. And, you know, and, 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 of course, I catch up after week two and week three figure out who the key players are and, and how these people are doing. But it's going to be a very, very uh, interesting season this year, a very entertaining season. And, and even for the listener, uh, you, know, a, a, you know, two different signals now, AM 1460, 106.3, and not as many with the COVID violations, as we all know. Um, there's there's going to be more people checking us yep. out and tuning in for us and listening to your games afterwards. Seven-game season, five games if COVID is a problem. They're not going to punish people. Every team makes the playoffs. Week 8 is the first week of playoffs. 4A, no district. Uh, they can schedule whoever they want, and that's what I think is really cool, Trent. Uh, yeah. uh, 4A gets to schedule, the. getting back to your point, the best matchups possible hmm. you know what uh, was uh, the most rewarding thing for me joe and you just hit on it a couple of minutes ago all those names that you threw out there all those correspondents look there it's essentially they get paid a tank of gas right that's what they're making they're giving up time to be away from their family on a friday night or for or giving up whatever they normally do they have a passion for high school football they have a passion for sports we give them an opportunity that normally they wouldn't have gotten and there's been guys that have taken that opportunity look andrew downs for crying out was one of our big, our best correspondents. Uh, Ross Peterson used to do this for us, going way back in the day. It's true. It's a true story. I, that's where I got my start. There's, here there's another one. It's um, in some cases it, it can be a launching point, but it, these guys have a passion for this. Not getting rich doing it by any means, but that's what I found as rewarding as anything. Thinking just uh, listening to how much that these guys really put into covering a game and getting the airtime on a Friday night. You know, you couldn't have said it any better. And, and I, I pre, and it's a little hokey. Uh, Rick Heller taught me this. I played baseball for him at Upper Iowa, and he's a coach at Iowa now, baseball coach. He sure. taught me the six Ps, prior, proper, preparation, prevent, poor performance. And what, the, what we coach these guys up, and you don't have to do much coaching, you know, these guys are, are they have the passion for it. Yeah. So, and, and, and there should be seven P's because that that's another P, but they are prepared. They go to quick sets. They call the coaches. They call the ADs. They're the, we want them to be the experts at their game. And so, you know, and, and hey, we're not professionals. We're amateurs. We get that. But when you listen to this show, uh, Football Friday Night, uh, of course, uh, powered by Body Armor Sports Drink, uh, PJ Caffrey, Carl Chevrolet, Doc's Lounge, Speed Pro Imaging, Bennigan's, Mac Shack, Thunderhead Sports Bar and Grill. They get a kick out of it because they get to hear these reports, and it really does. I, 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 I'll go ahead and take one or two shows a year. I, I've been doing it since Christ was a corporal, so I just like you guys, you know when you, it's like a round of golf. You can score well or you can't score well. You know when you hit the ball well, you know when you don't hit the ball well. You know you had a good broadcast or you could have done much better. There's no such thing as a perfect broadcast. But these guys are fun to listen to. They're prepared, and their reports are just a blast to listen to. So we hope that people tune in uh, starting this Friday night at 6.30 after the High School Insider, 6.30 to 11 o'clock uh, every Friday night uh, 
hopefully, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. you know, we're crossing our fingers on that. And uh, I certainly appreciate just being a uh, spoke in the wheel uh, amongst the talent that is under that roof. Uh, it's, just, it's a blast for me. P.J. Caffrey, I just was sell it to Jock. I haven't heard P.J. Caffrey's name in a long, long time. Anyways, good to, good that he's on board. Uh, last thing for you, Joe. Um, yeah. Have you run into any um, difficulty as far as getting space for the correspondents? Because I'm assuming, you know, a lot of times, depending on the school, they'd have the run of the sidelines. Uh, now I'm assuming they're going to be in an end zone and far away from everybody as possible. Have you um, had any difficulties getting clearance at any of the schools that you want to send people to? To be determined. Okay. <laughs> you know, we, we, we uh, the, the correspondents are doing their best to contact the ADs. I, I've, I've talked with a couple ADs. Uh, three or four of them, and they're like, no, just pre- present your KXNO lanyard, wear a mask, yep. uh, separate yourself from people. I-, I like to get in the press box, but of course, it, it, when I was a correspondent, and of course when I do play-by-play, but uh, this year it's going to be different, yep. so we're just coaching up our guys to go out there with a clipboard, make sure your cell phone is charged, have a mask, <laughs> yeah. uh, make sure you get a roster beforehand, because even rosters, you know, doing yep. Dowling Catholic baseball, on a station across the street this year, you had to pull your roster. You had to get it from the coach or pull it off quick stats. So, yeah, it's going to be a week-by-week, uh, uh, situation-by-situation, um, fluid situation, and we, we look forward to tackling it and, and overcoming any obstacles that may come our way. Uh, there's a passion for high school sports in Central Iowa. Joe Stacy, I know firsthand it uh, seems seemingly is going to grow. And like you said, uh, there'll be more people tuning in this year potentially because there'll be, sadly, fewer people uh, that are making their way yeah. under the lights on Friday night. But if you can't, you can hear all your scores right here with Joe Stacy, Josh Lawful, Holes, To Be Determined. <laughs> uh, sorry about breaking I'm the news on Joe. You're yeah, right. You're yeah, To Be you, Determined. You know what? And, and thank you, Kenny, and thank you, TC. TC, if you remember correctly, you and I remember you doing my board op when I did my first Barnstormer game oh, across yeah. the street in 2008. And I'm like, who is this school teacher dude that knows <laughs> way more about sport than he should? Yes, he does. <laughs> and, 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 and Kenny, you keep on getting better. You're like Italian. You're like a fine wine. You get better and better every year. You're crisp. You're clean. Your show is awesome. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate you giving Football Friday Night a plug. Best of luck tomorrow night throughout the entire season. Joe, thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Yeah, Good to talk to Joe Stacy, the anchor of Football Friday Night. So we broke a little news maybe that yeah, we shouldn't have. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> know thinking about it. So Sean told me this on the golf course uh, last Friday. Oh, you were at as the I, event. As, yeah, as I yeah. clubbed him. Right. Yeah. Apparently he didn't want to admit that on the show on Monday. Oh, he didn't. Yeah. He, 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 he was wanted you know, to keep puffing that up secret? that chest a little bit. Just not only who played the best, but who was the best golfer. I, I think most everybody knows well, that. Well, I don't think the bar set real high amongst the group you, <laughs> no, you no. guys were playing. We, we were shooting, shooting a course record out there by Eddie Beads. But, yeah, I, and I thought about it. So he gets here for the morning rush at 5.30, gets the show ready. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. Then he goes, does that till late. Mm-hmm. He goes to his full-time job mm-hmm. with the bank, yep. does that from 8.30 till 5.30, gets Ooh. off the air, or gets off his shift there, Comes directly here to get ready for football Friday nights. And it's Saturday morning. And then he's right back at it. You're talking about putting together, what, an 18-hour day followed by having to get up the next morning and go again on the air. So I can understand. Absolutely. you got to pull back at something. He's in his 30s now. He's getting old. Hmm.
got to pull back on something. So that's uh, the course that he took there. But still be able to hear him on the morning rush. Yep. You can still hear him on Saturday mornings, him and Emery doing the pregame show. But just one that he took a step back from. Good good for him. Uh, I'm glad that the young guns, uh, Emery and Sean. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I think, I told you, I don't listen to sports radio. I probably listened to two segments in the last year, both of those guys. Oh, really? You just want to hear how they're doing and what sports radio is going to sound like in 10 or 15 years when I'm long gone. Anyways, <laughs> we will take a break. What do we got next? Oh, Big 12 Conference. Well, we're going to give away a chance to win $1,000. That's next. forget about that. And then... We'll get our friend uh, Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. KXNO and iHeart want to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword LOVE to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. LOVE to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Big 12 conversation. Matt Postens joins Trent and I next. By the way, uh, Wojanowski is reporting that the season will go on. Mm-hmm. They will not play today, but in all likelihood tomorrow will bring about the resumption of the NBA playoffs. Uh, no playoffs today, but they're going to f- play and finish the playoffs. That from Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj bombs pretty well connected to the league. Um, we will come back with Big 12 Talk next. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Today. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Oh boy, this just in. Uh, Breaking news in the Omaha World Herald. Eight Nebraska football players have filed a lawsuit against the Big Ten, seeking to have court in the court invalidate the league's decision to postpone the season. Whoa! Eight players. Holy cow! That is not a path, and it felt like we talked about every single path possible. Yeah, that's true. That's one that we never even the touched players. On. Yeah, no, the parents we had. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the ADs, the presidents, but never the players. Uh, eight uh, Nebraska football players suing the Big Ten. Uh, let's get uh, Matt Poston's in here. He covers the Big 12 for Heartland College Sports. Also the Mavericks as part of the uh, Maven and the Cowboys. He's a busy guy. And he finds time for Des Moines. Thank you, Matt Poston's. Trent and Ken, how's things, Matt? Uh, very good, guys. Uh, we're... Um we're nice and warm up here in Dallas and uh, hoping that our friends down in South Texas and Louisiana yeah. are taking care of themselves. So how far, I mean, I know Dallas is a huge, I mean, uh, Texas is a huge, huge state. I saw some of the video. Is the Louisiana-Texas border in the eye of this storm? I know that Lake Charles is part of it, but does it seem like, because it will get into the state of Texas, correct? Yeah, we, uh, they got some rain in uh, Port Arthur, Beaumont, uh, over in Houston. Uh, they were kind of, they weren't in the eye of it. Uh, right. Mostly uh, that Lake Charles area. Uh, uh, and they, they, you know, from what I understand, you know, it's it, if that storm was as bad as they say it is, half of Lake Charles could be underwater uh, today. Uh, so it's it's a it's a really bad situation. I hope everybody got out. I had friends down in Beaumont. I was checking with them last night to make sure they were in Houston, and they were, so... Uh, the folks that I know down there are doing all right. Uh, I'm hoping that everybody else down there in Louisiana and South Texas is 
uh, as good as they can be right now. Absolutely. Well, let's get uh, let's get to the Big Twelve. We're hoping that all the players and the coaches and everybody on the campus are good as they can be as well. Uh, Lincoln Riley apparently's got an issue with a position group. He's not along on LSU. I saw that they've got uh, a position group that has had to been quarantined. Um, I get that uh, that Oklahoma is playing this close to the vest with all the hip, etc. And these kids are amateurs after all. Uh, but that's uh, is that a sign of things to come? Uh, do you know, what more can you tell us about the Oklahoma situation, Matt? Uh, not a whole lot, yep. uh, but I mean, it's there are situations throughout college football. I mean, Texas Tech has twenty one you know positive cases within its football program. They reported those on Tuesday. Uh, and they're continuing to practice as those players remain in isolation. So, you know, this is this, this is going to be a part of the the narrative for the next few weeks. And I think this is part of the reason why the league pushed back the start of the season for a few weeks, pushed back the start of conference to September 26th, as they they wanted to get an opportunity, like we said in July, to get these kids on campus to start testing uh, and start you know trying to ramp things up in a way where they can, you know pick off these cases as they come up. I mean, the Big 12 is uh, joining the SEC and some other conferences and conducting three COVID-19 tests a week during the 2020 season. Uh, of course, they've already implemented some other protocols where if players are tested positive, they, they'll not only have to get a negative COVID test, but they'll also have to go through a battery test that include uh, tests on their heart uh, to check for myocarditis, mm-hmm. which is the uh, condition that really, I think, kind of chased off the Big Ten and the Pac-12 from playing this year. So um, expect more positive cases because kids are returning to campus. You know, you've got students on campus at OU. Uh, you've got students on campus at some of these other Big 12 schools. So, you know, the cases are going to go up. Uh, the question is, will we see any players who suffer any serious injury or, you know, heaven forbid, die uh, from getting it? Yeah, and that still remains a lingering doubt for a lot of different people. You know, Matt, as you go through uh, this Big 12 season and the way that it's going to play out with the games, the nine in the conference and the one non-conference, and we've talked a lot about the Iowa State matchup against uh, Louisiana, which uh, looks to be maybe about as difficult of a team yeah. as you can find uh, that was out there at this point. Looking through some of the other matchups, are there any other teams, non-conference games that you look at and say, the Big 12 team might be in a little bit of trouble here? Uh, it's an interesting question because a lot of those conference schedules, uh, those non-conference games changed uh, with everything that happened uh, with them sliding back the mm-hmm. uh, the non-conference uh, for a few weeks. Uh, just looking at that list, um, you know, it's I think Louisiana, like you pointed out, it's a really interesting game because Louisiana was a really good team. Yeah, they were. Uh, I, I wouldn't rule out Arkansas State giving Kansas State some trouble on the 12th. Arkansas State's a solid yeah. team. Um, you know, SMU and TCU. I know SM, SMU had a really good year last year. They got Shane Bouchard at quarterback. That's always a big rivalry game for those two. They play for the Iron Skillet. The Iron Skillet, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and don't rule out Louisiana Tech giving Baylor a little trouble, too. Louisiana Tech's been a very good, very solid program the past few years. Uh, Baylor is good. I don't think they're going to be down too much from where they were last year. Uh, I think it's more about Louisiana Tech you know, going on the road and trying to pick off a Power 5 school and maybe playing up to Baylor's level. 
Yeah, and Arkansas State will have a game under their belt because they play the week before. Aren't they Memphis's opponent? Yeah, they are, right? Yeah, yeah they are. Uh, and that'll be a, that'll be a tough game and a good tune-up for them. And as you've heard many times, Matt, teams make the biggest leap forward from game from week one to week number two. So uh, we'll see if indeed that uh, if if that's the case. And K State may indeed uh, be up against it when we when once we get to that point. Um, who's the? Is there a? And I don't even know if they're awarding the Heisman. Have we heard? I think so, yeah. I think they're going to go for it. Yeah, I know you can bet on it. Can you? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. then if you bet on it, they're going to hold it. Is the is the Big 12's best chance of a Heisman this year, would it be Chuba Hubbard? Who else? I, I think he's certainly uh, in, the, in the running. Uh, I mean, the season he had last year, yeah. uh, he really yeah. should have gotten more consideration the way he played. Yeah. Uh, if he has that kind of season this year, given the limited player pool, that we have right now, uh, he certainly you know is in the running. Uh, I think from a Heisman standpoint, the fact that several conferences aren't playing and that um, you know the SEC, the Big Twelve, and the and the ACC are the only three power conferences playing, I think it really opens up the field a little bit. You know, Stan Ellinger, if he has a really good year, could be a candidate. Brock Purdy, if he has a really good yeah. year, could be a good candidate. Uh, you know, as crazy as it sounds, Spencer Rattler, if they have a great year at OU. He could be a candidate. It really kind of opens up the field a little bit because you've eliminated two-fifths of the, the Power Five schools in the fact that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 decided not to play. So uh, it also opens up some opportunities for some really good power, uh, group of five players, too, because the MAC isn't playing. Um, so it, it's going to be like this season, which is going to be a really weird, really bizarre season. It's going to be a really weird Heisman race. Uh, but Hubbard has as good a chance as anybody right now because uh, it's, it, if he has a 2,000-yard rushing season in a 10-game season, first of all, Oklahoma State's probably going to be in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, two, that's going to be a hard thing for voters to overlook. That middle tier, you take away Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, and even Iowa State, and you get to that next group. But the TCUs and the Techs and the Baylors, K-States of the world, who do you like best out of that group? Um. Out of that group, I like K-State best because they've got the best quarterback situation. Um, they've got stability at that position. Uh, TCU, you know, you really don't know what they're going to have at the quarterback situation just yet. Yep. Uh, Texas Tech just took in a quarterback just a few days ago, uh, Henry Columbia, uh, who transferred in from uh, uh, Utah State. Uh, he's eligible to play immediately. So... You know, he could be the starter week one. Who knows? So if if you're looking at those three teams, K-State's the one I like because their quarterback situation is the most stable. Interesting. Uh, What about... um Hot seat. Well, let me go a different direction. Chris Ash is an Iowa guy. Mm -hmm. Um... He's now the defensive coordinator. Didn't work out for him at Rutgers in the Big Ten. What what will he do potentially to Texas's defense? Uh, I think that they're looking to get more aggressive uh, defensively. Uh, yeah, I saw them play against Oklahoma State uh, last year, and you know they played well that night. They did a, a solid job with Chubba Hubbard. I mean, Hubbard did have 130 yards in that game, but they made him run like 35 times to get that. So uh, that was at least an indication that Texas did a good job in the game plan defensively, uh, limiting Hubbard's effectiveness in terms of the fact that he really couldn't break off a long run. Um, but I think Tom Herman and that group really wants that group to start getting more aggressive, start getting to the quarterback more, start blitzing more, start you know taking things to uh, opponents as opposed to maybe you know taking what is given to them defensively. So 
I think that's the biggest piece of the puzzle with Chris Ash is they, they want to see a more aggressive unit uh, that's going to make more things happen, that's going to create more turnovers, that's going to make create more game-changing plays. And if Texas can do that defensively, uh, they've got the talent across the board to be a, a serious contender, not just in the Big 12, but even beyond that. Going to be a crazy season, no doubt it, as we get ready for it. All systems go. I mean, can you see anything outside of a, a player being hospitalized, something along those realms, that, that is going to slow down the momentum in this train, at least getting this started in the Big 12? Um, I, I think that would be the one thing you know, that would really slow things down. If we end up with a, a player who, like I said, ends up getting hospitalized or, or heaven forbid, ends up dying mm-hmm. uh, from COVID between now and the beginning of the season. Uh, and when I say the beginning of the season, I mean the beginning of the Big 12 season. I don't think a lot's going to stand in the way of the being of those non-conference games in the 12th, and then they'll get a week break. And then I would be really, I would be really mindful of what happens between those non-conference games and that conference opener on the 26th. You know, are, you, are we going to see a spike in COVID cases because teams finally played each other, and you know, you know, we the everything we know about this disease says that it's you know transmitted by by aerosol so and, and no sport transits for aerosol mm-hmm. in football yeah. so if you see a lot of cases not just in the big 12 but across the board because other conferences will be playing at that point that could change the math a little bit on what they do at the beginning of the conference season but as far as those first non-conference games in the 12th I think those are going to get played unless something just dramatic happens. Hmm. I, I did see that the three uh, Power Five conferences that are going forward, they want some clarity and some uniformity on you know the number of positives that would necessitate a cancellation or a postponement. That they that they all want to be running the same course, which is refreshing when it comes mm-hmm. to college football because the SEC does it one way and the Pac-12 does it one way, and you get my point. Uh, but they do want some uniformity when it comes to this. Ultimately. Will it be the three commissioners that put their heads together and come up with this plan or approve this plan that you know one of their underlings, if you will, or somebody works for them will come up with? But I, I do believe, don't you, Matt, that the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12, if they get to a point where they need to postpone or cancel, they all have to have the same guidelines. Will they? Uh, I, I would agree that they need to, and if they believe that they need to, I wouldn't wait on the NCAA to do it. Right. Um, if you saw what the NCAA did on August the 4th when they finally came up with their guidelines on return to play, they basically did the same thing the NAIA did, except the NAIA, NAIA did it a month before that. So the NAIA was, NAIA <laughs> was actually far ahead of the NCAA on that one. If I'm the ACC, SEC, and Big 12, and I want to be on the same page on this, do it yourself and use the CDC guidelines as a as a roadmap. Um, I believe a 5% positive rate within a particular population area is, uh, at that point, that triggers certain recommendations by the CDC in terms of what to do in terms of, uh, you know, mitigation like isolation, uh, you know, shutting down businesses, that sort of thing. You know, you might want to use that as a guidepost for building that sort of apparatus, but if I'm those three conferences, I'm not waiting for the NCAA to do it because I don't think they want any part of this. Uh, last thing for you, away from the Big 12 and uh, to the to the Mavericks, as I know you cover them, other than winning a championship, which has clearly is number one, where does Doncic's shot the other day rank? Would that be right? Uh, would that be next? I I think that's in the top five. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, for for Mavs fans, and I've been I've been a Mavs fan as a kid before I, I covered the team. 
Uh, certainly winning the championship in 2011. Uh, the turnaround jumper by Vince Carter in the 2016 playoffs against the Spurs. Uh, that shot by Doncic. Um, the Moody Madness game, which goes way back to 1984 when the Mavericks had to play their their game, their series clinching win against Seattle at Moody Coliseum at SMU because Reunion Arena was uh, overtaken by World Championship Tennis and they, oh they couldn't uh, resolve the conflict. <laughs> and then, um, you know, obviously the game two drive by Dirk uh, in, in the 2011 finals. Uh, if you're talking about single plays, that play is probably number one. Doncic is definitely going to be in the top five. It was in Reunion Arena once. The green seats, right? That's that is, is my is my memory yep. clear on that? The seats were green. Am I right? Yep, all the seats were green in that yep. arena, and uh, uh, we had basketball and hockey in there for a long time. It wasn't built for hockey, yep. and <laughs> I went to a lot of playoff games uh, back in the nineties, and uh, they had these huge humidifiers outside to try and keep the ice oh, as, really? as cold and as solvent as they could, because as those games would go on, that ice would get really muddy, and the players. You know, there were times when players from other uh, teams would were annually polled and would say Reunion Arena had the worst ice in the NHL. Good stuff, Matt Postens. Appreciate it, as always. Heartland College Sports. Hey, I saw your cover boy, by the way, uh, at, at the yearbook. Um, uh, Trey Lance is, is – did I see North Dakota State's going to play a game? They are. Central Arkansas. Central they are, Arkansas, they're yeah. Gonna play, yeah, they're going to play one game on October the 30th against Central wow. Arkansas. They're calling it a showcase game. Uh, I think the assumption is that Trey Lance will probably go to the NFL after yeah. the season, and they they at least want to give them a chance to play one game. But it is the only game they're going to play, and it's really interesting to watch how different schools are putting conferences together. Milo Mater, Stephen F. Austin has five games on its schedule. Four of them are on the road. Central Arkansas has almost a full schedule, even Army though does. they're not playing any conference games. Army has like a, twelve four games on their schedule. I thought they had 12 now. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's... It's really interesting to see how these these programs are scrambling to get games on their schedule, uh, and, and it's really interesting to see who's playing and how many games they're playing. It's it's going to be it's going to be a year we're all going to remember, no matter what happens. No doubt, the cover boy I'm referring to at College Football Yearbook. Uh, Matt's a big part of that. Matt, thank you for what you do with uh, for us. We will talk to you in the weeks ahead. Appreciate it, Matt Postens. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you, Matt Poston's on the Big 12 and other stuff. So there's, it's like there's a little breaking news coming out of Governor Reynolds' press conference that just ended. Yes, uh, bars are being shut down here in Polk County, yeah. also Johnson County, a few others. Oh, I've got the, the Blackhawk, Johnson, Dallas, Lynn, Polk, and Story County. Emergency, emergency proclamation, bars, taverns, breweries, and nightclubs will close starting tonight in those counties. Wow. Big blow for that business. Yeah. Uh, that just came out of, uh, this is breaking news from WHO13, whose uh, Twitter, Monica Madden uh, is her name, that uh, must have been covering the press conference and put that out there. Anyways, bars, taverns, breweries, nightclubs, clubs closing tonight in Blackhawk, Johnson, Dallas, Lynn, Polk, and Story County emergency proclamation from the governor of Iowa. No dancing for you tonight. Yeah, sadly, Trent, I'm going to have to take the night off. Uh, now me and maybe we'll cut a rug in the house or okay, something. Okay, there I don't you know. go, there you go. Uh, we'll uh, finish the program after this timeout. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. One of Hi, Miller and Condon. Final couple of minutes here on a Thursday. Thanks for being with us.
course, Murph and Andy are coming up at 2. The Fanatics at 4. Uh, NCMIC, NCMIC, Nitmetco asked us to promote the local farmers markets in the state. We just heard from Norwalk, which was great. We didn't have them mm-hmm. on our calendar, and someone reached out and say, would you mind throwing us a bow? Of course, we'd love to, uh, and we will start doing that. I believe they're a Friday event. They are Fridays 4 to 7 down in uh, Norwalk, so we will put them in the rotation. Absolutely. And make your way there. Tonight, though, we got a couple of farmers We do, Trent. Of course, the Valley Junction goes on as it always does, and there is one more. It's Grimes. Mm -hmm. Grimes Farmers Market, Grimes Community Complex, North Parking Lot, 410 Southeast Main Street in Grimes. So if you're in charge of your local farmers market and you don't think we have your information... Please reach out. We'd be happy to pass that on. NCMIC sponsors our Farmer's Market promos. All right, so we know the NBA isn't playing tonight. Yep. Apparently the NHL is discussing what to do uh, based on their... um, uh, I mean, you know what they did last night? They put end races on the, on the Jumbotron that was it. and called it good. Yeah. Uh, so they're discussing what they're going to do tonight. We don't know if uh, any more MLB players or teams are going to uh, take the night off and just um, you know think about what change they can bring about or what needs to be done or how they can use their platform. We shall see if sports go forward tonight. We know the NBA will not tonight, but they are resuming the playoffs with the belief that it's tomorrow per Adrian Wojnarowski. But that'd be a difficult name when you're growing up to learn how to spell your last name. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Speaking of school, Ella went yeah, off to kindergarten this morning. Again. Yeah. So how much, I mean, did she, was she up all night? I mean, excited? No, or? we uh, got a book about a month ago, starting kindergarten book, and we've read that a few times, read it again last night. Yeah. She was excited. Yeah. yeah. She went to preschool at the Science Center, and I mean, that's really like school, right. so it wasn't as big of a deal, but... Getting theirs, we're pulling up, and it was an absolute disaster at Western Hills that you would anticipate first day of school. Everybody dropping off their kids, doing drop off, trying to go the different directions. Oh, yeah. or it took something. like a half yeah. hour just to get through, but we got it to work. But saw a couple of people that I know there, and uh, but I think the one thing is she saw the big kids. That kind of was like, oh, all right. But she walked in, head tall, didn't look back at us. Uh-huh. She, She's a very uh, advanced young lady, so she was she was excited. Must for have it. got She's it from her mom. Great. Yeah, definitely did get it from over here. But uh, no tears for me. But got how that. about mom? She was good. She was. Yeah, mom's tougher than dad. All right. So, but uh, yeah, just kind of thinking about it and thinking of her hanging out in school now. It's yeah. People tell you every single time when you have oh, kids, it goes go fast, so fast. And seeing it firsthand now. Yep. It's uh, it's a wonderful experience. I wish yes, we would have had more of it. All right, uh, we will um, hopefully we'll find out if we're going to yeah. have some games tonight or not. Yeah, and if there isn't, yeah, fine. We will persevere. Mm-hmm. And really good conversation today. Yeah. Thanks to everybody for calling Absolutely. in the first segment. Sincere appreciation uh, for that. It was difficult. We got a lot of different sides, and that's what we wanted to do. Give everybody a voice. If uh, you're so inclined, you missed it. Podcast will be up. Soon. Yes. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Before that, Murph and Andy, two fanatics at four. Of course, the morning rush tomorrow at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon, weekdays 10 to noon. Thanks for being here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.